You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. It's been almost two years since Black Lives Matter summer, two years of blaming cops for every social ill, two years of falsely portraying America as a systemically racist place. Has America become a better place to live? Of course not. Everybody's at each other's throats. It's less safe than ever before, especially for communities of color and absurd scenes, ludicrous scenes like this play out every single day. And we start with breaking news tonight. Twelve people were hurt in a shooting at a shopping mall in Columbia, South Carolina. Ten of the injured were shot. Police say that the others were hurt in the rush to escape. And this just into CNN. Police in Columbia, South Carolina, say some people have been injured after a reported shooting at a mall there. Breaking news here at home. The terrifying shooting at a crowded mall in Columbia, South Carolina. Law enforcement surrounding the mall confirming just as we came on the air, at least 12 people were hurt. 10 of them shot. Wow, big news over the weekend, right? And you can't sweep this under the rug. There's going to be accountability, right? Wrong. <laughs> no, not in America in 2022. People of color in a high profile case, you got to tread very, very carefully. Now, the individual in custody right now is actually no longer in custody. 22 years old, uh, a lengthy rap sheet, by the way. He's already out of jail. They charged 22-year-old Jawain Price with unlawful possession of a gun. He was released on house arrest after a judge sent bond at just $25,000, allowing him to go to work with an ankle monitor. He can still go to work. You know, some people in this country, if they tweet the wrong thing, they lose their job. He is allegedly involved in all of this carnage, and he gets to go to work. Uh, and by the way, he's done some bad things before. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, 2018, charged as accessory to murder. I'm not sure how that ultimately panned out. This guy is commuting to work. January 6th prisoners, some of them treated worse than what they did to those poor people at Abu Ghraib. A 75-year-old man who did not hurt anybody, who did not break anything, sent to prison for four years. How about the horns guy, huh? I mean, he was crazy that day, but he did not hurt anybody. He did not break anything. And like so many others, he may have been allowed in by the police. And what about Bigo? Bigo's on house arrest right now. He's been on house arrest for over a year. All he did was put Nancy's his feet up on Nancy's desk. He's not even accused of shooting anybody. He didn't have a gun. This is some very strange stuff that's going on. And in Houston, a kid brandishes an Uzi and uh, shoots up a parking lot. 
Can't rush to judgment here. Just, uh, that's just a wild day at the mall. These things happen, right? These things happen, and we all must recognize the systemic racism of this country, and we must not look to the jails. Are you kidding me? This kind of these things happen, and we all must recognize the systemic racism of this country, and we must not look to the jails. Are you kidding me? This kind of left. They think that all cops are, well, a certain mold, right? Maybe they saw too many Dirty Harry movies. Cops come from all walks of life. This little skirmish happened in my neighborhood. The cops did a great job, especially the one on the right. Uh, she's about five foot five, 120 pounds, happens to be a person of color and doing an amazing job. Tough, tough, tough. Um, yeah, folks are sometimes taken aback when they come face to face with law enforcement because these faces don't look like what they thought they'd look like. Where are you all? Where are you all speaking? Where are you? Right here. Not in right here. Yes, the we are. It is our right. It is. It is freedom. Yes, it is our right. It is our right. It is our right. It is our right. Our freedom of speech. We can march and we can say what the we want. Don't talk and point at me. <laughs> Don't point. This this woman's wagging her finger in the guy's face, insisting that it's her right in Pittsburgh, by the way, to shut down traffic because she is an axe to grind. What happens next? You hear what they're chanting? Uh, at one point she says, cop lives don't matter, no justice, no peace. Hey, you know, if I were a aggressive, ambitious prosecutor, I think I could say those are terroristic threats. I love the cop here though, he's keeping his cool. At one point I thought he was gonna drive off. No, he's just going to the cop car to get extra handcuffs. Watch what happens next. Get out of my Nailed it. Affected perfect arrests. You know, though, half of our country are rooting for the protesters. They're rooting for the bad guys because of all the noxious propaganda we've been fed for over two years. It actually started in earnest in the middle of Barack Obama's administration. And how about that woman, that mouthy woman who was just asking for it? She is let off. At first, I thought that was whatever she is. She is uh, in custody. Oh, and she's been at this before because, let's face it, protesting and rioting, it's fun, right? She got in on the act a long time ago. Um, 2020, she was arrested. Simple harassment, harassment. Oh, yeah. Simple assault, rather. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? 
this is not about police and their conduct or misconduct. It's not. This is about a lot of weird, complex things happening in society, a plot to drive this country to a socialist place. If it were about police misconduct, maybe somebody would have noticed what happened to this uh, Mr. Bronstein. I don't have all the details here, but Ed Bronstein uh, died after this encounter or during this encounter. Uh, it looks somewhat reminiscent of what happened to George Floyd. A little bit, right? We're not even poking you yet. Nobody's doing anything. Dude, relax. Okay. 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 It's a okay. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Just stop yelling. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't. Please help. I can't breathe. I'll do it willingly. I'll do it willingly. Just relax and stop resisting. Let me breathe. Let me breathe. Again, I'm not passing judgment on what the cops did or didn't do. Um, But, you know, this is uh, pretty disturbing stuff, right? How about that? March 31st, two months before George Floyd. Let's go through it, please. Uh, Taken into custody on suspicion of a DUI. Officers tried forcibly to draw his blood. Officers kneel on the back of the man. He loses consciousness. CPR fails. Uh, Let's see if we can figure out this riddle as to why this was not a bigger story. Oh, yes, the race of the deceased. He happens to be white. Um, there is a very bizarre conversation going on and a very bizarre conversation that's not going on. This book deals with them literally taking people's identities, erasing our pasts, erasing the people that we once were and making us into something that they can control. But, you know, sci-fi is often an allegory for the world that we're living in today. What you just described somebody might describe as reality. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty meta. Uh, I hate to say that, but it is pretty meta, especially when we're thinking about, you know, Greg Abbott, who put into law in Texas a law that bans us talking about the LGBTQIA plus communities in books, bans critical race theory. Like there's a lot of erasure happening in our very country. And I hope this book can serve as a warning sign of what that will look like and feel like if we don't fight um, against those abuse of power. So this is Janelle Monet. She is a singer. I'm not familiar with her music. She is on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. She is somewhat famous and she can say whatever she wants and move the culture in a crazy direction. And nobody stands up and says, time out, you're crazy. And that's not what Governor Greg Abbott is saying. That's not what the law says. No, they can just keep pushing this and their own ignorance and get away with it. Yeah, because the stories feature black and queer protagonists yes. in a futuristic world. Why did you want to tell that particular story because at this cool. particular time? Because we are so because cool. Because we're cool. We are so just like, and for so many years and so many centuries, you know, rooted, it's deep that there's something wrong with us. Like, as soon as we come out, we're considered a dirty computer. And, you know, mm. it's this whole 
culture of assimilating and, you know, how do we how do we uh, uh, thrive in a society that just tells us that we're too black, we're too this, we're too that, we're too. But we are so beautiful. And I wanted to represent that in the literary world. Um, the story doesn't stay in that totalitarian society. It really does, uh, I think, embrace hope. It embraces love. you picking love, yeah. you know, self-love. Like, how do we overcome those things? Because we're going to be dealing with these things, right? But my message is to, to black and brown and marginalized folks, like, we will prevail in the end. We will. You mentioned the word beauty. I have to say this. You look incredible. Oh, thank uh, that you. That outfit you are, you is just mind- stunning. <laughs> I was just hoping somebody was going to say, would you cut the crap? This is America uh, we're living in, Right this fantasy land that she's pushing, and no one, no one pushes back. You see, they have the luxury um, and the bandwidth to have these deep thoughts, pretend thoughts, and they make money, but it trickles down to the streets. People aren't doing this for an art project, they're actually doing this, they think, to survive, like this guy, Patrick Leoya, have you heard about him? He was shot and killed by a Grand Rapids police officer after he resisted. He wouldn't cooperate. He fought. He grabbed the officer's stun gun. We've shown you the footage before. It looks to me like a justified shooting. And I think about what the cop was going through. Listen to this. This is before the actual altercation, but he's pleading with him. Hey, stay in the car. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. Get in the car. Dude, I'm stopping you. You hear that? Dude, I'm stopping you. Come on, work with me here. We all know how this goes down, right? We've seen it on TV. Dude, I'm stopping you. But old Patrick there, who knows, uh, all that noxious propaganda we've been talking about, uh, fed a steady diet of it. He reasonably thinks that this officer poses a threat. Now, he doesn't. But because of all, I don't know what Patrick was looking at or not looking at. Maybe he was watching the CBS morning show. Maybe he was watching MSNBC. Oh, MSNBC. Al Sharpton, by the way, will be officiating at his funeral. Al Sharpton. Protests are ongoing in Grand Rapids, Michigan, nearly two weeks after Patrick Leoya uh, was shot in the head and killed by a Grand Rapids police officer after just a traffic stop. I'll be in Grand Rapids Friday uh, with the Leora family and attorney Ben Crump. I'll be there to deliver the eulogy as head of the National Action Network. The eulogy. Now, Al Sharpton has never met this individual. Uh, He's going there because there's power and money to be made. And this is what he's all about. And Ben Crump and the rest of them. You know, when he went to George Floyd's funeral, another person he didn't know, he took a private jet and he is proud of it headed to Minneapolis to stand with the Floyd family, and he's getting on a private jet. This racist huckster scam artist, huh? And he's doing it in full sight of the world. They're afraid. They're afraid to call him out on it. Why? This is corrupt behavior. Anybody can see it. Maybe because Al has backing, not only from his network, but from a former president of the United States. Listen to this very unfortunate conversation. I think any of us African-Americans who work in business or prominent roles feel this this struggle. Am I being black enough? Am I too black? Am I not black? You know what I'm talking about? I think Barack Obama got a little flustered there because, oh, yeah, he's uh, he's written the book on this, literally. And he chose to go all in with black culture. Yes. 
There was a time when Barack Obama was going to have a different type of conversation with all of America, especially black America, but he chickened out. And now he uses his race to enhance his stature. And so does Lester Holt. Absolutely. So where are we after two years of this uh, crazy conversation? We're nowhere. We haven't helped a damn thing. But Joe Biden was right about one thing. This is actually a pretty valid observation. I challenge you, find today when you turn on the stations, sit on one station for two hours, and I don't know how many commercials you'll see, lay eight to five, two to three out of five have mixed race couples in them. That's not by accident. They're selling soap, man. <laughs> not a joke. Remember old Pat Cadell used to say, you want to know what's happening in American culture? Watch advertising. Okay, let's watch advertising. We haven't, um, we haven't improved the crime situation. We haven't improved race relations. Crime has gone through the roof. So let's take a look at advertising, like Pat Cadell said. This is the all-new Tundra. First team across and check in. Checking in. Yo, it's me, Megan Stallion. You can get all sorts of things delivered from the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The neighborhood? All from the people in your neighborhood. The people that you meet when you're walking down the street. It's cute. But 12% of the population is now in 85% of the commercials. So what? Who has that helped besides a handful of black actors? Hasn't helped anybody. And it certainly didn't help Patrick Leoya. No, it didn't. No one's calling him out on it. I'll be right back. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? They don't, and they're really giving this Elon Musk a hard time. I hope he gets Twitter. That would be fantastic. His heart seems in the right place. He's a brilliant guy, clearly. Um, it would be fantastic. I don't like that <laughs> the future of free speech comes down to a rich guy who could change his mind, but it'll do for the time being, and I hope he's successful. Uh, however, the mainstream media, they don't like this at all. And that's probably a good sign that something great can happen here. Will you soon have to pay to use Twitter if Elon Musk gets his way? Maybe. Elon Musk is a danger to Twitter and to freedom of speech. The question of whether he's talking about returning uh, former President Trump to Twitter, there is reason for concern. More than that, an embodiment of what I would say is Twitter's biggest strategic problem, which is a hostile, cruel, uh, dangerous online environment. Musk embodies that bullying. If you had to pick someone who uses Twitter as uh, in the style of Trump, Elon Musk would really be the guy. Is there a problem with that? Look, he's just not woke. He's not liberal. And that's why they don't like him. And that's why they love Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos from Amazon, you know, he owns the Washington Post. He does. And when he took it over, he was welcomed with open arms by the newsroom, by other media companies. They all thought this was the greatest thing ever. Uh, they really liked his money and well, totally embraced. 
he really is an ideal candidate to help the Washington Post transition fully into the digital age. And I welcome uh, Jeff Bezos coming to the Washington Post. I think it's going to quicken the pulse of the Post and the entire city. It's going to be a good thing. Jeff Bezos is a great innovator in technology. That's terrific. He has vastly more money than the Grams, which is very important to invest in the newspaper. He's got to be one of the best people in uh, in the world at uh, just strategy, vision, and, and sticking with things for the long term. And I'm sure Jeff, uh, for the Washington Post, it has that type of brand that, that's a potential capability for them. <laughs> all right. So Elon Musk, uh, no, not treated like this at all. Owen Bezos very pretentiously and falsely comes up with this slogan for the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness. OK, wow. I actually looked at the paper a couple of times over the past week or so just for laughs. And it really is laughable. Boy, are they stuck on themselves. So remember the debates? We all do, right? In 2020, Chris Wallace, 2016, doing them for decades now. They stink. Everybody knows that. They're totally skewed against Republicans. Anybody can see that. But look at how they play it. Karen Tumulty, uh, a real swamp creature. The Trumpified RNC strikes another blow against democracy. Anything you question, anything that the swamp likes, they say it's a blow to democracy. In this case, she says anybody who has problems with the uh, debate commission, you are anti-democratic, which is a dangerous thing to accuse somebody of being, by the way. Take a look at what she writes. This is a very vapid and silly Peace. Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel of the GOP accused the organization, uh, the debate commission, of being biased and promised to find newer, better debate platforms. Okay, that's fine. But she calls this a, a near miracle. That's how good they are. The Trumpified Republican Party should not be allowed to toss it aside. Well, let's go through what we are totally comfortable tossing aside. Every debate, something calamitous, something stupid happens. And it's almost always to the detriment of the Republican candidate. Let's start in 2012. Who remembers Candy Crowley when she interrupted Mitt Romney to fact check him with something that was false? It took the president 14 days before he called the attack in Benghazi an act of terror. Get the transcript. It, 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 he did, in, in fact, sir. So let me let me call it an act of Can terror. Can you say that a little louder, Candy? He, he did call it an act of terror. It did as well take... It did as well uh, take uh, two weeks or so uh, for the whole idea of there being a riot out there about this tape uh, to come out. You're correct this, about that. How big of you, Candy, to make that concession at the end. She was flat out wrong. And if you don't think she was wrong, it was at least debatable. And she's not debating. It was horrendous. But in 2012, it was overlooked. Why? Because it favored a Democrat. Uh, in 2016, Lester Holt is flat out wrong when he says this. Stop and frisk was ruled unconstitutional in New York because it, it largely singled out black and Hispanic young men. No, it, you're wrong. <laughs> and Trump was right. And he lectured Lester for about a minute and a half. And they actually said Trump was wrong on the facts. Lester was right. That's when I knew this debate commission, all of it, although nothing was worse really than Wallace, Wallace, Wallace. If anybody killed the debates, it was him. As the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment call here. Gets three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the Let's mayor about, of Moscow. Let's talk about, not, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. <laughs> Covering up the laptop, which I knew, but now everybody knows, even his precious New York Times says the laptop 
Israel to just cover it up like that. Now, the Washington Post, you know what they say needs uh, to happen here? They need to take the audience out of the room. That's all. They, they think if you take the audience out of the room, everything else will be fine. This near miracle can continue. So many deep problems with the debate, again, skewed against Republicans. And oh, by the way, did you know a beer company is the main sponsor of the debates? Yeah, that's a beer logo. That is a beer logo designed to look kind of American. It's from Anheuser-Busch. Take a look at this. It's hiding in plain sight. Oh yeah, Anheuser-Busch, the prime sponsor behind these debates, huh? Talk about a swamp, huh? One more thing on the swamp, Morning Joe. I don't like it, but I kind of love to hate it, okay? Uh, this happened. Former president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko, speaking with us earlier this morning. So we've got, we got Donnie Deutsch and Andrew Ross Sorkin coming up next. I mean, I, I know that's incredible, but we just do. I, I can't believe they're both it's here exciting. together. Yeah. These are like chemicals you usually don't want to mix because they're no. so combustible. What is he talking about? And he talks like this for four hours straight. These little weird asides that only he and Mika think are funny. And Mika, actually, she's even done laughing. She just kind of has this kind of strange look on her face. Look, when Joe starts talking, look at everything she does, how she reacts. She doesn't know what the hell to do. She, he's talking about chemistry and metals and combining uh, guests you've never heard of. <laughs> She's, anyway, that's the swamp for you. Stay with us. The details in a moment. Information. Truth is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. Seems like everybody's famous, so no one's famous. He's famous, I guess. He was in One Direction. Uh, he's a 28-year-old singer from the UK, and uh, I guess he's good at what he does. And he made headlines a while back because he's involved now with Olivia Wilde. Big deal, right? Some actress, well, she's 38, he's 28. She was in a committed relationship with an actor named Jason Sudeikis, with whom she had two kids, has two kids. But that was it, Olivia fell for the singer. And um, I don't know, it's not nice, right? If a politician did that, let's take a look at the Harry in his outfit. I thought that Harry, you know, watching him over the weekend, man, this guy should join the army. He should join the Marine Corps. Imagine that service from one of these celebrities, Justin Bieber, maybe some actor, if they joined the military or did something for themselves other than serve as a bad example, leading horribly indulgent lives, really, that's a very negative, I think, example. You know, it's not far-fetched for me or anyone to think that these folks should join the military. Back in World War II, it happened all the time. A-list celebrities, Jimmy Stewart, Mel Brooks, Kirk Douglas, it goes on and on. There's just a small portion of the celebrities who served World War II. And I think the war on terror was right up there with World War II. It lasted a lot longer. Who served of note? Who was famous who served? Pat Tillman was the only name we came up with. Remember him? The Arizona Cardinals died in action, had a multi-million dollar career going, but uh, Hollywood was not a source of military talent during the war. So 
They keep going to Coachella and this festival and that festival and that silly award show. I don't know. Why isn't anyone even thinking about serving their country? I think that would be pretty great if one of them did. Now this. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? So the Easter egg roll was today, the day after Easter, at the White House, and they bring out the big bunny rabbit and all kinds of kids show up, and it's a very nice tradition. But Joe Biden went a little bit rogue. Watch this. Now, what just happened there? Why did the bunny rabbit, why did the Easter bunny Get Joe Biden to leave the area. There was something going on. Joe started talking about Afghanistan and Pakistan and starting making mistakes. And somehow they sent the bunny over there to clean it up. Take a look from the other angle. It's not like he said, uh, you need to meet these children, Mr. President. The bunny rabbit just said, get out of here. And he left. Joe is uh, not in a good place. We can all see that. And uh, Jill, I think, knows it more than anybody. Take a look at what happened um, when they kicked things off. Thank you and happy, happy Easter. Jill had to tell him to wave, wave. Did you see that? She did, wait. What else are you gonna do when you're on the balcony? He didn't know how to do that himself. No one's talking about this other than us. Um, I think it's worthy. I think it's worthy of pointing it out, don't you? I mean, Ronald Reagan was momentarily at a loss for a line and Nancy came to the rescue. Mainstream media had a meltdown for two weeks. They tried to say that the election, that he could not win after this. Take a look. Is there anything you can do to get them to the other? Doing everything we can. Thank you, sir. Disappointed by Mrs. Hey, Nancy. That's good. Oh, she was so good. Good. Um, I don't feel the same feelings, though, when it comes to Joe and Jill. Do you? Uh, there was something. I mean, this was just wave. I mean, this wasn't. Uh, you know, a line about diplomacy. Hey, you know who was there? Hunter. Hunter was there in the crowd with his uh, uh, daughter, I believe, Joe's granddaughter. And uh, we haven't seen Hunter in public since, uh, well, the investigation seems to have gathered some momentum, at least with the media this time. We'll see. Coming up, why is it that so many churches are really pushing the woke agenda right now. Uh, this is happening in so many different places, whether it's LGBTQ or Black Lives Matter. What's happening? We'll be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. Have you seen this? Um, churches and other religious facilities really embracing Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ. Um, I'm not sure why. 
and I'd love to bring in some experts. We have with us Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life, uh, pro-life activist and former national co-chair of Pro-Life Voices for Trump. Welcome, sir, and uh, Rabbi Arie Spiro, president of the Caucus for America. Uh, Father, I'm gonna start with you, Father Pavone, because I have, I'm not sure about synagogues, but I have seen these at churches. And I, I understand the whole idea of being welcoming, Mm-hmm. But I'm very surprised to see the gay pride flag in front of the church. Uh, and I, by the way, I haven't seen these at Catholic churches, but what is your reaction to what's happening? You know, Greg, first of all, thank you for addressing this topic. Uh, we welcome everybody. There's no question about that. We look at Jesus. He uh, he astonished his disciples by uh, eating and drinking and welcoming people that uh, they thought he should never welcome. But that's not the point here of those those activists that are trying to push this. It's not about welcoming. They know full well that the Christian church stands for welcoming everybody. The point is welcoming them to what? Because when they come to church, the idea is they're hearing the word of God and the love of God is supposed to transform us into what God wants us to be. And his plan for human life and sexuality is clear. It does not include this kind of lifestyle. So I think what's happening is I've got a number of pastors who, because of political loyalties to the Democrat Party and because of fear of the pressures that will be put on them by the LGBTQ activists, that's why they're caving in like this. And it's it's not a matter of welcoming. It's a matter of compromising their own identity. So, by the way, we have all sinned, especially me. But I, I just when I see that flag, I, I feel excluded, quite frankly. I feel like it's, right. okay, it's welcoming, but it's exclusionary. Uh, Rabbi Spiro, can you tell us a little bit uh, your perspective on this? And I have not noticed the same at uh, as synagogues or Jewish facilities. Are you seeing that as well or no? Maybe not to the same degree, but it will happen, no question. And uh, the father is correct. You know, the Bible, which is our heritage, it stands for something. And the church and the synagogue, which is the vessel of the Bible, stands for something. And these are things contrary to the core themes in the Bible. Uh, Things of male, female, sexual, these are very important to the Bible and to the church and to the synagogue, and we have to guard these precious themes. So I'd like to ask you both about, uh, it just struck me over the weekend, I saw Harry Styles on stage at Coachella, and he's wearing this, you know, over-the-top outfit. I mean, it's totally suitable. This is a you know, this is what performers do, and they're they're garish, and there's a there's a role for that. And but you know, I thought about okay, this guy is now um, seeing Olivia Wilde, who has two children with some other guy, and you know, it it just conjured all those those standards or lack of standards in Hollywood. Folks, children pay more attention to a guy like Harry Styles than the Pope or than any other spiritual leader out there. I'm sorry to say. Father Frank Favone, I, I, I feel like I sound old and I feel like I may be turning a lot of people off on social media, but this is how I feel. It's very negative and there, there's no sense of shame anymore. You know, Greg, uh, I, for decades we've been saying our society is obsessed with sex 
and sexuality. And of course, to a large extent, that's true. But I've always been convinced it's not so much we're obsessed with it as that we are afraid of it. And, and what do I mean by that? Because you take the teachings of the Bible about human sexuality, you take the entire Judeo-Christian tradition that we've, we've seen for, for millennia now, and you see that sex points to something much bigger, starting with God, starting with a life of complete self-giving, union with the other, service of the other, self-sacrifice. You know what? The bottom line is that's scary. And when we're scared of that, then we're going to try to protect ourselves by A, redefining it, and B, trivializing it. And that's what this garbage is all about. And that's why it offends us. It offends you. It offends me. It offends so many of us. It, 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 they're trying to make sex look trivial. It's a, it's a plaything. It's a product. And that is offensive because we know it's something much bigger and holier than all of that. Rabbi, um, the Old Testament, we have that in common. And someone put it to me this way. All of the rules. Let's talk about the commandments. You know, so many people think those rules are are meant to uh, deprive us of, of, of fun, deprive us of uh, all the things we want to do. And then they said, actually, no, they're designed to protect us, to maximize our happiness and our joy. And that made all the difference uh, to me. And I'm just wondering if you care to address that. Created in the image of God, that is what we are all striving for. And when you have immorality, you distance your, yourself from being created in the image of God, and you distance your, yourself from the things that are ha uh, holy. And uh, you can become uh, in the realm more of animal-like than holy. Uh, gentlemen, I'm so glad we did this. Let's do it more often. Thank you, uh, Rabbi Spiro, president of Caucus for America. Thank you, sir. And Father Frank Pavone, to be continued for sure. And we'll be right back. With your help, we'll defeat the pretenders on the right and the radicals on the left and ensure that every hardworking Pennsylvania family has the best shot at a better life. I'm George Paquetto, and I'm asking you to join our team today because we don't just need a senator from Pennsylvania. We need a senator for Pennsylvania. There he is, George Paquetto, running as a Republican for the United States Senate in Pennsylvania. A trial attorney with decades of experience. Uh, Mr. Brichetto, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Thank you so much, Greg. I'm great, and it's great to be here. Uh, great to have you. So, uh, look, uh, do me a favor, if you don't mind. Make your case. Why you, sir? Well, I'm the one candidate in this race that's got 45 years of fighting the woke mob, fighting for conservative values, not just talking about it, not just promising it, but actually doing it. I've been endorsed by law enforcement across the state. Uh, one of my biggest priorities is to re-support and refund and in Additionally, fund our police, our law enforcement, to get our streets safe again, to get common sense back into our schools, to start cherishing the values and the institutions that have made this country great, not just tearing them down. So, um, hey, a little bit more about you. Is it true that you were raised for 
I don't know, the first six, seven, eight years of your life in an orphanage? Yeah, well, um, there are a few of those out there. I was left on the steps of an orphanage at birth uh, in Brooklyn at the uh, Angel Guardian Home, was raised by the Sisters of Mercy, uh, scratched and clawed and studied and worked and scrambled my way through my adolescence. I saved enough to go to college, went to law school, started my own practice, and I, I grew up fast and I grew up smart. That's beautiful, sir. Wow. The Sisters of Mercy, they're still active here in the city. Um, and, my, and my knuckles will prove it. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean by that? Well, you get wrapped on the knuckles with the rulers <laughs> by the Sisters of Mercy a lot. I got All a right. few on the head, too. Oh, okay. I hope they don't do that anymore. I'm sure they don't. Uh, listen, you're in a uh, it's a competitive field. And right now at the top of the uh, heap, you got Dr. Roz and uh, you got McCormick, uh, Dave McCormick. They're in a they're in a pretty tight battle there. Uh, you have any thoughts on on uh, on your your opponents? Well, uh, look, Dr. Oz just received the president's uh, endorsement, which is significant. And I can tell you, having visited every one of the 67 counties in this Commonwealth, uh, it's going to play and loom large in this election. Uh, David McCormick has a lot to focus on. I think uh, David has some issues that uh, may have... Uh, uh, tilted the balance in favor of Oz when it comes to the presidential endorsement. But let's remember this. There's a lot of people endorsing out there. Every FOP in the Commonwealth, Fraternal Order of Police, every law enforcement community has uniformly endorsed George Paquetto. Every Italian-American organization has uniformly endorsed George Paquetto. And I, too, have a very good working relationship with the president. Didn't endorse me. And I understand why he did endorse Dr. Oz. Uh, but, you know, this is still a wide open race and there's a lot of undecided vote. If you want more information, you can go to uh, BaketoForSenate.com, BaketoForSenate.com. What would be your number one priority if you get there, sir? Absolutely law and order. We have to return the safety to our streets. We cannot have our children uh, at risk in school. We cannot have our businesses being looted by hooligans and rip-off artists. We, we cannot have people walking down the streets, getting their purses snatched and that type of thing. Yeah. And the biggest problem we have are these woke mayors and woke district attorneys who have absolutely abdicated their responsibilities. It's wild. It is so wild. Well, George Paquetto, thank you very much for being here, Republican, uh, for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. We'll see what happens. All the best, sir. Great. Thanks so much, Greg. You Wonderful bet. to be here. My pleasure. And we'll be right back. Hey, what is up with Joe's Mental State? A special series on Stinchfield all week. You're going to like it. And I'll see you tomorrow night. Many thanks.